0: At LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S. Excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com/internet for details.
4: to a Celtic state of night. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I am joined by Kevin Graham and Tony Haggerty. Um, I must say that uh, J.P. Mason, um, who is a very valued member of the team, um, is actually at a funeral today. Um, it was one of his very, very close friends. So thoughts and prayers with J.P. Um, at this moment in time. So we have Kevin and Tony on the show, sitting in. Uh, we've got a bit of old school with Kevin and a bit of old school with Tony's tracksuit top, so we will move right in, right in loads to talk about, but before we do that I've mentioned your tracky top, I'm now going to have to focus on your t-shirt Kev I do believe you are away to see the Mary Chain this week
5: I was, I went to see them on a Sunday night at the Barrowlands it was good to be back at the Barrowlands once again after over two years I think it was I have What I I did find about the Barlands is Beards is now another pub, which I was completely taken aback with. Quite Uh, a trendy
4: looking bar as well.
5: It is quite a trendy looking bar, I was quite disappointed in that, but the Mary Chain were fantastic. Uh, They they were doing Darklands, uh, the the album, and it was brilliant. Just great to be back at a gig again, strange to be back at a gig. Uh, That's my first gig since November 2019. So, aye, aye, it was brilliant, R- really, really, really good to get back. The band were fantastic, they were delicate, they were loud, they were, aye, they, it was really, really good, I really enjoyed it again, eh?
4: Did you say November 2019, mate?
5: November, November 2019, I went to see The Twilight Sad at the Usher Hall, and no, no the Usher Hall, ah, it was the Usher Hall in Edinburgh, ah, it was the Usher Hall in Edinburgh. Uh, so so I'm wrap I'm, up. I, I, I met J P Mason that night because he sent me a T shirt once again. The twilight uh, side. He is a multi-skilled <laughs> individual.
4: I'm going to wrap it up because people are saying what are we talking about? Music for get on to the AGM. Uh, so I'm going to wrap it up by saying that the guy or the the imagery over your head, Kevin, is Screamadelica. You're on a show called Screamadelica. Um, Which is Screamadelica with a Celtic tinge The last gig I was it was Primal Scream At the barras in December 2019 And of course Bobby Gillespie Lead man uh, of uh, The Scream um, Made his debut Live debut for Primal Scream On the same night that he made And on the same stage that he made his live debut as a drummer For the Jesus and Mary chain I think that's absolutely tremendous And a big Celtic man as well Bobby is AGM Right, we're not streaming on Twitter yet. We have asked Streamyard what the story is, and they did get back to us, so they're looking into it. Um, several fan groups, Kevin, have already protested in recent weeks in relation to the Celtic board. Who uh, some some of whom were at the AGM yesterday. Uh, it's pretty clear from yesterday's AGM that um, there is very little confidence in this board, and it's also pretty clear that you know the reaction that Ange Postecoglou got. Um, is you know that he has been not only accepted by the Celtic fans, but we almost see him and the board as completely separate. You know, you've got Ange Coglu he's not part of that problem at the club. He's talking our language, and then you hear the you know the likes of Ian Bankier, and he's so far removed from the way the normal punter thinks. I, I, I always expect that in a massive business, Kev, but not to this degree. He hasn't got a clue.
5: Ah, uh, it, it was quite frightening. I mean, obviously we were on live yesterday, so there was there was stuff coming on in the comments that I could see, and I was thinking myself, "God, surely Husney says that? Surely that's just somebody misquoting, misquoting a tweet or something like that." But there was one thing that stood out to me, and it was his last comment after a series of like horrible comments when he actually says, "You've given it—I think it was—you've given it quite a lashing today." to the audience. And the first, they're, they're the words of your chairman. And who uses the term lashing now? Really? I and think, came, you know,
4: schoolmaster giving a pupil a lashing, you know.
5: It's a class thing, ain't it? That it's is. a real class thing. Yeah. Who uses the term lashing? And the, the, the use of that word showed how showed it exactly what he thought of the Celtic fans. Shows exactly what he thinks of us that he used the term la- lashing. Now, this is a guy who's been in post since two thousand and eleven, and he's a man that, eh, like, I know very little about. I know very little about his role, but to actually say lashing and even the word lashing's an understatement, Paulie. Eh? Let's let's be truthful here. He was a he was booted about in the question and answer like a flyaway football in a school playground. <laughs> he, he, was absolutely, <laughs> he, he was absolutely handed one because Peter wall was the there to protect him. And yeah. Peter Law's dug him out so many holes over the last couple of years. Another thing that really annoyed me was they made very little they made very little attempt to win the room, didn't they? He was spoiled, he was petulant, and he was entitled. And Look, the whole the whole organisation seems to be like a bit narcissistic, a bit bullying, and a bit entitled. I'm not saying it, I'm not saying that it is, but I've had enough experience of folk like that in real life to say that, that it's quite dangerous, and 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 it's a, and they're a bit fantas- fantasist, really, if they actually believe what they're saying, mm. and the, the, if they actually believe what they're saying to an audience at the AGM, which for the first time in years and years, we got a kicking in the room. Usually, they didn't get a kicking in a room. Usually, they get the, they get the kicking outside yeah. on social media. This was actually brought into the Kerrydale suite yesterday. And the way that Bankier reacted saddens me to the core. And I've said previously that the Freda connection is getting looser and looser with me. A loose fit, if you will, after seeing ga- gas feeling last week. And days like days, days like yesterday. I've got nothing to actually say that it's going to improve anytime soon. Anything
4: we will talk so- about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that, Kev, because I, I think we are in the beginnings of change. I really do. I think the very fact, Kev, that you mentioned there, often these things go without a whimper. It was different yesterday. The attitude has completely changed. This the pendulum has swung in the direction of uh, a, a fan base who have already, as I say, protested and. A couple of the points that were brought up yesterday, Kevin discussed, um, and they were non-committal in them. I think that when certain decisions are made in the coming weeks and months, um, that pendulum won't just swing. You know, it, it's going to be like a gong. You know, because the the sound of um, discontent amongst the Celtic fans has already been heard, and it will be um, maximised if certain decisions are made. Which, by the way, they were they were asked about. First thing I'm going to ask you, Tony. Um, is, first of all, with regards to Ange Coglu, we've been talking on this podcast about him being backed in January. We had a discussion about the changes to our main title, Challengers Rangers, and what's happening over there. Does that change anything for January? Some people think, nah, we should have, you know, we should have had everything in place anyway. Other people are saying we need to ramp it up. It's an opportunity. They're weakened. What they did say yesterday, what Ian Bankier did say, um, is that, you know, we have been given assurances that Ange will be backed in January. Now, we've never been the best in the January transfer window, Tony. We've spoken on the pod. Some contributors reckon four, some contributors reckon six. We require bodies in. Ange has said it himself. He's identified areas that he needs to strengthen. That board. when you already um, consider the fact that they're on a shaky, a shaky peg, as you say. If they go through January and we don't get what we need in the door, it will be panic stations at that stage because again, that is another uh, massive uh, negative in terms of what we're already protesting against.
6: Prove it. They made a big deal about yesterday being in rude financial health, and they were going to back the manager <clears throat> to the help in January. Prove it. Go and win that title in January. Give him the manager what he needs because the most popular person in that room by a country mile was the manager. Goodness only knows what he thought of it, right? He's getting cheered to the rafters, and these guys are so emotionally, spiritually, and you know, physically and mentally detached from everyone else in the room. Yeah, only one that connected was Ange, you know. And then they're saying we're going to back this guy. That's words. Actions. Celtic fans want in January. Prove it, because you could win the title in January if you bring in the right kind of players, and you. You prove that you are in rude financial health. You know the you know that's the one thing you can say that they you did come out of covid in rude financial health, which was their statement, which they 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 wanted to let all the fans know. That's fine. Well then, no point in it sitting there when you've got a big treasure trove, big treasure chest that you can and bounty that you can win come May. Don't prove it. That mm. is a time for Celtic. To put your money where your mouth is. Put up and shut up and go, and go and earn yourself those stripes by backing the most popular man in the room yesterday. And this is a guy who's flown halfway across the world. He's been here for five months. And he's the most popular man sitting at that top table in the AGM. Yesterday, that
4: tells you something, doesn't it? And he's come over, and we've mentioned this as well. Himself. He's come over without all these demands of your Eddie House and, really? and various other managers who hey. expect to bring a bus of staff with them.
6: Yeah, and I know there was the AGM this week, but I don't know if you saw the fan media conference. Well, we did, we put it out. You know, and you listen to him, and he gave you an insight into what made him tick. And you think to yourself, wow, this guy's gotten it within five months yet yeah, guys that have been there for years and years and years couldn't have been more detached from it all. It's incredible, isn't it? It's utterly incredible how this guy has come in and on, in that fan media conference he opened up, you know, about doing things, winning football matches with meaning, with purpose, yep. but also doing it in life, in your everyday life. You know, see if you're on the board at Celtic Football Club, this is your everyday life. You care about that you nurture it, you, you have your ear to the ground, you listen first and foremost, but these guys at the top, I, I don't know what's the problem with them, and if you say, they, they're so detached, that it'll become their undoing, because I wrote in the Celtic way yesterday, that they, it was a winter of discontent AGM, and it's not going to stop.
4: See the thing, Tony, just in, in the opening minutes of this podcast, I think we're talking about, Um, you know, a Celtic board who for many decades now have relied on a figure, a figure who would be able to deal with virtually anything that was thrown at them. And often what happens is if that figure is so strong and so dominant as Fergus McCann and Peter Lowell have been, um, then uh, there's a lot of other people who are part of that team who are just... Free flowing along You know They're not actually Contributing a great deal Because you've got Such a powerful figure Um And let's I mean at the end of the day We're not rewriting history Peter Lowell was a very Powerful figure You know In many many ways I think he lost his zest Near the end of his tenure At Celtic Well
6: I tell you what I've never been in an AGM Paul Because I'm not a shareholder But See Peter Lowell Has made all those EGMs Like Not move along Nothing to see The man's a miracle worker A complete and utter Miracle worker yeah, and maybe given time, I'll reassess my thoughts on him. I'm certainly reassessing. You know, people have thoughts about Law, but I think in the whole, he did a wonderful job. But if that was one of his jobs, then my goodness, you know what a what a job he's what what a performance every other year to take I, that under flat. I, I I
5: don't know if he lost his zest, Paul. I think he maybe lost his focus and got focused on one thing. And that was a 10, and that was the legacy of his 10. And that was his downfall. That was the biggest downfall that he had. Mm-hmm.
4: You see, the thing as well, Kev, when, you, when you're talking about uh, a figure like Peter Lowell, at this moment in time, I still feel that we're a bit rudderless at that level. And you know, the very fact that Andrew's come in, like Tony's described, and embedded himself within the football club, but... He's also done that with, with the fans. I mean, there's been two occasions now, very publicly, uh, where he's he's fielded questions at press conferences just for fan groups. But you also speak to other fans who bump in. I mean, Declan McConville bumps into him every other day, it would seem, the amount of times he's got a selfie with him. But he's selling himself to every individual Celtic fan that he meets.
5: What what depends on it? If I was having a look at this in my utterly romantic world, my only football romantic world, my wife will actually say I haven't got a romantic bone in my body. My um, football romantic world. Um I would actually say that Postacoglu has been waiting for this job all his life. He was born to do a Celtic job because of his background. And he's maybe and, and, and he's maybe now realised that.
6: He said that the other day to the Australian guy who he gave an interview
5: to. Did it? I haven't seen that, that, radio,
6: that radio interview yet. Yeah, and he said the only reason that he hadn't got that job was because of his nationality. Yeah. But he now feels in it. You know, and the biggest thing that I took from the fan media conference and the radio uh, interview was that it made you proud that he was your manager. I've said before, I, I don't really care who's at the top of the tree running my club as long as. They're winning football matches, and you can identify with the people that matter most, and that's the manager and the players. And I think at this moment in time, unrest there's unrest. With-
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com internet for details.
6: All the figureheads at the top. Celtic fans are really happy and they feel proud that this guy's their manager. You know, and he's starting to win football matches and, and that's all you want. And we'll, they'll continue to work away and see if they can oust the, the people at the top. But it's always been... Uh, an impossible task, hasn't it? Mission impossible, but it's maybe becoming more mission probable now, just, just the way the AGM went yesterday. But they've got a manager that they identify with, you know, and as long as he's doing the right things, then, you know, he will continue to get the supporters backing and they'll enjoy the ride that Angie's going to take them on. And, you know, this guy, as I say, he's, he sacrificed a lot. But Kevin said, "Derry is now saying things like, I was born to do this. I was confident
1: mm.
6: to do this. The only thing that went against me was the fact I was Australian. You know what I mean? I'm not going against and, when the eyes of the Celtic supporters because they don't care."
5: And that's a horrible thing, Tony. The only thing that was against them was the fact I was Australian. What does that say about, what does that say about us Europeans? Eh? What yeah. does that actually say?
6: Of course, you know. So, yeah, he's loving life. I don't think he's liking Wee Declan stopping him every day. You no,
4: know, so I, I, would, I would We are Stewart's inquiry about an APB out in Wee Declan. You know what I mean? The, re- the most recent picture was a belter, it, and I said it looked as though Ange was passing him a Werther's original because <laughs> it does have that look that he's always got a packet of them in his pocket and a packet of Marlboro Lights in the other pocket. Right, so the resolutions to re elect Bankier and Brian Wilson went to a poll. Even that, Kev, is progress. Um, now, My problem that I've got with that, because I know exactly what Tony's saying there, are we getting to that stage where maybe even through an an actual process, some of these uh, guys who have been in there for too long and they're ineffective and they're not contributing enough will be filtered out? I don't even think the very fact that it was pretty clear we don't want you on the board will actually land with these guys, Kev. I don't think that they will take a blind bit of difference because going back to what you say, there is that class thing where it's like, what do you guys know?
5: I, I know, I know, and we saw that last year and we all know we can all put two and two together and maybe get six, but the protest against Neil Lennon last year stopped Neil Lennon being removed from post in October because they couldn't be seen to back down to the malcontents, and again that, that just... And it's
4: not the view term there malcontents,
5: I, yeah I, <laughs> I, I love it as a term eh? um, but Again, sitting in that room, they're not going to take much notice. They think that they've done a good job. And that was something that came out yesterday, where they actually says on and off the park in the last 10 years, we've done a decent job. And what is a, what is a, I'm never going to get an applause from this room, so why should I even bother? And that is horrible. That is an absolute when, horrible... When the we, board we are a,
4: blame, he animal we, kicked a ball, he says.
5: I being a poet, maybe a poor I've been in rooms where he didn't get in a pause so I know I know where it is. But you don't say it; you don't automatically come out and say it. I just thought that the contempt that the show was unbelievable.
4: I thought that was a pregnant pause, Kev with you on stage. I thought
5: that was all deliberate. <laughs> I hope it was. <laughs> I think
4: the
6: supporters did want to clap them, clap them, and <laughs> aisles You know what I mean? You've just you, you got to, you see, there was a, just a total misreading of the room, wasn't mm, there? I think yeah. even at one point, video uh, or Scott Brown was showing... I was about to mention should, this, Tony. Should bring him back. She's <laughs> that's your thought. He, say, he says, <laughs> we need him back. Yeah. and somebody in the crowd said, you should never have let him go in the first place. So, you know, you're just like, how how's that for being out of touch? And a comment came in there, Kev, I've just seen it. Ange never said it was because he was Australian... He said he didn't get
5: a job because of his passport. It's a similar thing, isn't it? No, I think so. Eh? I, th- I think we can kind of guess what he's kind of meaning when he says stuff like that. Eh?
4: There's an attitude, there's a disdain for uh, non-European football in some in, in some clubs' minds, whereby they've seen it as a massive risk. They bring somebody in whose uh, main roles previously had been in Japan and Australia, although he managed briefly in, in Greece as well. And I think that was uh, an attitudinal issue, and thankfully, Celtic have broken through it because what it shows us is that um, you know the the approach that he's brought in and the knowledge that he has brought and he spoke about this in the press as well, Tony. The knowledge of other markets. I mean, Kyogo is a shining example of it. But he's talking about other markets, not just the Japanese market that he has got a good knowledge of.
6: He was reining himself in when he was. Speaking he was a about bit. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, right." Yeah, I'm it's not it's giving good. too much away here. There's good players in Iran. And then you're I like, was oh. good.
5: Well, I was googling I was players last night. <laughs>
6: <laughs> right. He's eating, sleeping, drinking. He's like, who's he alluding to, right? But the minute he said that, he was like, oh, I didn't say that. Sorry. <laughs> but you get what I mean? His knowledge is extensive, right? And so, and I'll sit here and admit when his name was first linked with a job, and then he got the job, I felt underwhelmed. But like everyone else, I went, I. I went away and I did my homework on him. The more you read and the more you found out, you thought, okay, this guy's been pretty successful, right? You know, let's, let's see what he's got. He comes in and he's got a 50% win rate. I'm still, you know, mm, no, that's not so good if you got a Celtic manager, but you know, you, you, you give him that chance. But now you realise, okay, well, what a set of circumstances he came into. Yeah. You, you allow for that. You know, I just want to see Celtic win, so I'm a bit, a bit impatient. And I maybe was a bit harder on them. I'll, I'll admit that. You know, that's no getting away from that. But I, I never at once did I say I disliked him and I, and I never wanted him to be there. Now I'm actually delighted that he's there
4: mm-hmm.
6: because he is, he is, and the last week has made even proud that he's there because he's a bit of a statesman. Actually, he speaks so well, and he, he's the only guy
4: galvanising the, the fans at the minute.
6: He's taken the club to his heart mm-hmm. because this is something that he's coveted all his all his uh, managerial life. And Celtic were the first to say, right, okay, we'll give you what you crave. And he's pouring his heart and soul into it. you can see that, you can tell that. And he's also telling you, Look, this is what I'm up to. You no, know, I'm not worried about what's happening over the other side of the city with Rangers. He he genuinely he's just so focused and so determined and on making Celtic a success again and winning silverware, and uh, yeah, fair play to him And you know I, And they see the things we've spoken about—various things about his man management, getting tunes out of certain players. Mm-hmm. You can see that all now coming to fruition. And he—he's got a harmonious bunch. You know, he keeps getting asked, "What about Jota?" And he's so relaxed about. You know, just the way he handles those kind of things. You know, and, and he has—he has the greatest thing, which I, I've alluded to before. He's got the obdurate eyes on everything. He's not coming in with any preconceived notion of what Celtic is or how he should be as a manager. He's coming in with a fresh set of eyes on everything, and uh, that's that's priceless to Celtic at this moment in time. He's not wrapped up in it. You know, he can he can he's standing outside and he can I get at that objectively. Absolutely, it's a get that
4: wonderful thing. Yeah, Celtic it is. is. Remember, she Fergus can, Fergus wanted to get away from that, Tony. He wanted yeah. to appoint non-British managers. Yeah, yeah. Um, who may, maybe didn't have the connection with Celtic. And when you're looking at Vim Janssen and Joseph Venglos, you know, there's two examples of managers. And he actually said, and he's in his part and advice that he gave, to, it was Alan McDonald that took over the role, wasn't it, Kev? And he says mm-hmm. to him, do not appoint Kenny Dalglish. Because th- there was talk that Dalglish was coming in as a manager. And, and initially the plan was to bring him in as the manager of Celtic, but it was Dalglish who pushed for... John Barnes, and uh, McDonald gave him what he wanted. But Fergus McCann made that very point, Tony, that sometimes you need someone who doesn't, who isn't wrapped up passionately in the emotion of Celtic so that they can actually get the job done, yeah. first and foremost. And I think it's important, as much as you know, there's other points in today's show where we're going to be talking about the roots of Celtic and the fact that there is a need to have Celtic people in the club um, which is, I think, a fair point when you're talking about the board, because there's a question as to whether or not they are indeed Celtic people. Um, when we're uh, looking at the the fact that uh, the appointment of Antipostacoglu was sold to us as being partly a Dominic McKay appointment, Dominic McKay wasn't even mentioned yesterday. Kev, he's not even a footnote in the AGM. Um, was that a surprise to you?
5: Did he even exist? That's a question that must be asked. Did he even, was he even in the building? Was it in some parallel universe that I go down that Dominic Guy was only in that par- parallel universe? I found that surprising. I also found surprising that Neil Lennon wasn't mentioned either. I thought it might have been like, oh, we thank Neil for his time at the club when they're reviewing the season, but that wasn't done. I think it was very telling that the guys sitting at the top of that room in the videos and in person didn't actually mention Don Mackay whatsoever. You can make of that what you will. I also mm-hmm. thought I also thought it was very telling that the, nobody in the question and answers asked it as well, because they know who to blame. They're not going to bring Mackay into it when the guy, when the guys who are to blame are sitting in front of them. I, yeah. thought, I thought, I thought there was two narratives there, and the board don't want to mention them, and the fans don't need to mention them because they know what's happened
4: i going to bring in some comments coming through. As I was saying earlier on, we are working towards getting them back live on Twitter. But in the meantime, get onto YouTube and watch us there. Get subscribing as well. I've got a few free gifts to give away. It's been a busy start to the month, Kev. I've got a few uh, free prizes that I need to give out to the subs. We had a couple of tickets to Bend It Like Bertie and we will be talking about the late, great Bertie Old at some point today as well. They were given out to a lucky winner. Um, I've got other things. I've got a watch and I've got a Bobby Lennox signed and framed print to give away as well. So we'll be doing that at some point today. Get on the socials and you'll see who is winning the prizes. Jamie Young also says you should put the We reminder button on. I think that'll be the notifications button on the uh, the YouTube. I'll speak to the technical wizard who's sitting across the table from me to see if he can figure out how to do that or if it needs to be done independently by every subscriber. Boy 67 I think we all have the fear of the board not backing him and he walks, I hope this isn't the case, but who knows, with our board. I think at this moment in time, we're going into a January, and I'll come to you first, Kevin, on this, and I think Ange Postikoglu is in a fantastic position, because if, for example, he wasn't to get what he wants, I don't think he's going to be demanding eight, nine, ten players, but if he doesn't get what he wants, then that must be in the back of this board's mind. You know, We have got probably the only figure at the moment who's galvanising the club with the fans, and that's Anz Postacoglu. Um, he's a great head of the football department at this moment in time. They can't afford him to walk. They've got to keep him happy.
5: He's He's got them out of a, of a hole. He's got us united. Um, they've got the support united with the team in that again, and that allows them to do what, what they need to do in the background. Um, I mean, can we trust them to back them in January? That's a big question. Can we? I wouldn't trust this lot to go doing the show for some custard creams, Never mind anything else. Um, they'll try and do. They'll try and do as little as possible. As history goes, mm. I Mean I mean, they won't try and do as little as possible. I always go back to this when I see the board. The action. I always go back to. What's another musical reference here. John Lydon, on the stage of the Hollywood Ballroom in San Francisco in 1978. As the sex pistols were imploding all around, and he actually says, "Do you ever get the feeling you've ever been cheated?" And I think the AGM confirms, and what we've seen previous transfer windows that we've cheated every day as Celtic fans. I mean, come on, let's have a look at his, What he even says about European football? What did he say about European football? He justified your failure in European football by saying European footballs changed over the last the last twenty years. Yeah, they and, in and the we net. should
4: expect to get scalped by the likes of PSG in Barcelona. Aye. That's basically, but, in essence, what you were saying, you know.
5: But should we expect to get scalped off Ferraz, Varos and Malmo? I mean, that's all we're asking that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he the defended that the same way had been successful off the pitch, with selling players and domestically, but for me, what's it, two group stages in eight? For a club that claims to be a Champions League club is nothing but a big fat F on that exam paper. And (laughs) I think think what's actually been proved that their only ambition is to keep the old firm alive, and that's the only thing that they've succeeded in. So in January, I expect them to try and get away with just doing enough to win the league. Just doing enough.
4: Yeah, that's a big concern, I think. Uh, Tony, Kevin brings up... uh, I'm jumping forward a wee bit here, but he brings up the European ambitions mm-hmm. of this club. Now, what is the club? That's a big question. What is the club? Because the club for me is the fans as much as, as it's the board, but the board's ambitions differ greatly from the fans. Now, we're realistic enough to know that to try and go toe-to-toe with elite these days is different from 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. However, as Kevin rightly says, we're not even going toe-to-toe with teams mm. that we should be competing with previous to this mm-hmm. season. Uh, up to this season you know the champion Michelin should we not be beating Michelin in a Champions League qualifier
6: and why is that because we're successful in selling our best players <laughs> right <laughs> Kelly like supporters don't want to hear that we're to be we successful in keeping our best players and making us some kind of reasonable force in Europe mm-hmm. that one, you did it We managed to keep a hold of our best players and we went toe to toe with them all right that's that's recent history. So you can do it. All you have to do is back the manager and ask guys to stay three, four years before they, they go elsewhere. And I understand the money and the riches they can get. Elsewhere's great. But Anne and strikes me as a kind of manager as well. I don't think he would sign a non-disclosure agreement. I think he's too honest. I think he would tell you. I've lied because of them.
5: Mm.
6: You know what I mean? I, I, you know, and he would tell you. He would just... He would, He would spill and he would say, I asked for this, this, and this. I didn't get it. You know? And that's that's how much, that's how much the Celtics and Ange we trust. That's the motto, isn't it? Of the Celtic supporters right now. And that's why they trust him. Because they reckon, you know what? There's a kindred spirit here. In five months, he's become a Celtic supporter. He's you know, he's just he's drank in everything about the club. And he and he wants to give it his all and give it his best shot. And then this Kevin rightly says, "You don't trust the guys at the top, you know." And then in the last window, he said he said at one point, didn't he? I've asked for players, but I don't think I've been forceful enough. But He,
4: he yeah. was saying that, wasn't he? He did. He was going right. to. He was going to write about it in his book.
6: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right.
4: So, uh
0: huh. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.
2: Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. So this this time
6: he's clearly been forceful because we believe there's deals bubbling under the surface. He's clearly said to them I want this, this, and this. Sort this out. You know? And if they don't do it, then he's quite perfectly within his rights to come out and have a rip. We'll see will walk away. I think the bond he's got with the fans at this moment in time, you know, would see him stay, certainly at the end of the season, see where they're at. But, you know, yes, trying to win a title with one of his hands tied behind his back,
1: mm.
6: you know, and and swinging every now and again. You know, the the, the boards really do have to say, do you know what? We'll cut the ribbon off your other arm and we'll we'll arm you with those tools. Because if, if he is the man This is the man that they believe can win that 40, access to 40 million by qualifying, by winning a league and qualifying automatically for the Champions League. Then they have to back him. And they said those words in those pre recorded interviews. Those were the words that they said We want to back him. We want to win the title. We want to get into the Champions League. Mm. So there's no going back on that. We're in rude health, rude financial health, which again was probably in a roundabout way. A wee cheap dig at Rangers and their rivals on the other side of the city. And that's all fine. You can see or you can see you like, see what you like about those things. But your rivals across the city walked off with the title that you coveted most. Right? That's a fact. And history won't say that they won it because of COVID or X, Y, or Z excuse. No. History will say we won the title by twenty five points. Right. Absolutely, yeah. And you can talk about your rude financial health. You can, you can talk about, well, European football doesn't matter, it matters to supporters. And if and you're on that board and you're no supporter, then you're no fat for
5: purpose. See, Absolutely, see, Keith. See, for me, Tony, totally, eh? we didn't win that title because they lacked the ambition and the backing that they're saying that they're going to give ang- That is exactly why we didn't win that. That is that is exactly why we failed after Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, that that is it. And we can go back and I I can I I get look. I mention Brendan all the time, but we chased that guy at the club. We chased that. We we chased that boy at the club.
6: It comes down to one thing and one thing only: ambition. Ambition and the ambition he had was too expensive. Right, and whether they're lofty or not, Mm -hmm. you know the phrase "speculate to accumulate." There are times when you have to do that, this is one of those times. Don't stockpile the cash. You will get it back tenfold. Mm-hmm. You, you was a licence to print a blank cheque if you won ten in a row. You could have marketed anything with the, with ten on it. And I mean anything. Yeah, the board couldn't see that. And they did. And for once, you know, even, even their business practices, they didn't even think of it as a business or think of it with their heart was an investment, you know, as a supporter. Think what it meant to win the 10. You just didn't think. End of. Because they were too busy being arrogant, ignorant, or whatever, or aloof, you know, because that's that's who they are. There's a little from you now as a Celtic supporter as they've ever been, yet you feel a bit powerless to prevent it. But certain things that happened in EGM... Do you hope that the ones that you want removed will, over time, be replaced by people with the club's best interests at heart, and also people who are supporters and will listen to what the likes of you, Kevin, and I are saying?
5: Uh, for me, I think the PLC Fort Ten was done and dusted. Yeah. I think I, 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 I think they were already they were already. In their heads, they were already at their legacy stage. I, I'll leave once we've done the ten, and everybody will get, everybody will love me because I've done that. And they took the eye off the ball. It's It's like
6: like rounding the goalkeeper and hitting the ball towards goal and running away and celebrating as the Mm -hmm. ball's tumbling
4: towards and the defender coming in and kicking it away at the last minute, isn't it? Complacency, complacency. (laughs) The big thing for me, as I say, I think we're in the roots of change. I really do, and I think that when we look back in years to come, we will see. Uh, last season and, and some of the moments last season as being the very beginnings of that. Uh, kevin has been talking about uh, them not being fit for purpose for a number of years, uh, and a lot of people don't listen to that whilst the success is, is rolling on, and that's understandable as well. One of the big things, one of the big key moments, I think, in the coming weeks and months will be whether or not Celtic go ahead with the appointment of uh, Bernard Higgins. And from what I was hearing yesterday with our non-committal answers, I would not bet against them going ahead and appointing um, this guy. Um, Now, if they do it, Kevin, we've already seen that there are sections and groups within the support who are protesting against the running of this football club. Do you see this as being the beginning of the end if they appoint
5: Higgins? I definitely hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I really do. I mean, even yesterday, they, they tried to change the nature of the role of what he was what he's supposedly not coming in the club to do. Uh, I mean, Celtic could hit this on the head right away and go, he's got, he's never been interviewed, he's never been this, he's never been that, he's not getting anywhere near Celtic Football Club. But for me, the fact that yesterday they went, no, it's a bigger role, it's no security, it's no just uh, to manage Celtic fans, says, says to me, this man will be in the building soon enough. Mm. <laughs> and That's interesting, I got if it is, then that's the end game for them and the Celtic support. And we as a support then need to start having a look at the only action that the club will actually stand up and take notice of, and it's financial action. Uh, the club only need to listen coin, to coins dropping into the coffers. And once that clunking stops, then they'll listen. Look, if, if we actually appoint Bernard Higgins, it's a massive V-sign to all the other clubs in Scottish football who were t- uh, Scottish fans of clubs in Scottish football who were targeted under the Offensive Behaviour Act. Yep. It's a massive, we don't need, we, we're not caring about you as well. It's an utter misstep. And if they do it, I hope it's the beginning and the end of this regime.
6: Another example, Paul John, of the detachment, just the utter utter no, detachment and isolation that these guys are from ordinary rank and file supporters mm-hmm. of any club. If th- this man caused the mental health and well-being of football supporters, you know, to be to be questioned. You know, uh, uh, no, he, uh, sorry, he affected their mental health and well-being, Celtic supporters among them and supporters of other football clubs. He should be nowhere near the Celtic board. It is the biggest slap in the face, and it would be the biggest V sign to the Celtic supporters and those those ones that are protesting. And it would be Celtic just saying, "We're taking you on." We're not Aye. having any of this, right? Yep. We're going we toe toe with you. you. know, how about you work with a Celtic board and try and get a team in the park that can go toe to toe with Ferns Farris and Malmo rather than getting this guy in who's going to go and talk toe to toe with your rank and file. You know, just an utter, utter uh you know incredulous appointment. But as Kevin alluded to there, they don't care. Because they don't hear it. They don't they don't see it, they just they they don't get it. You know, so in in anything that can uh, quell kind of unrest, as they see it, as a good thing in their eyes. You know, Celtic fans aren't protesting for for a laugh; they protest for a reason because you guys aren't the fit for purpose. Bottom line,
5: there's also for me, there's also a reason this is in the public domain is because somebody close to the club or within the club knows I need to get this out there because the reaction is going to be unreal. Yep. and I need to—I need to try and make the board or whoever's making the decision to see what will happen if this happens. Do you, you
6: blame any football supporter who's been affected by the actions of this guy, the the Offensive Behaviour and Football Act? You know, whose health has been affected by it? You know, do you blame any supporter,
4: fellow football fans, Tony of many and, different clubs? Yep, and I'm
6: talking about—I'm not just talking about Celtic, but. Celtic fan, especially because this guy might be coming into the club, but any football fan that's been affected by by this guy, you know, and, and their mental health,
3: you mm.
5: he
6: should be nowhere near football, a football club. You know, and you know, it's just a shame that they're
4: going to bring this guy on board. Let's be honest. The you thing know? is, like Kevin said, someone at that club has realised that this is a, it's a huge misstep, right? And it's been released somehow, uh, to the public and the question was raised at the AGM and they didn't deny it. Mm-hmm. So you can see that there are people within that club who are looking uh, up the chain and thinking what And They're thinking just like us, Kev. Now, there are people at that club who care for Celtic. They're big Celtic fans. We know some of them. There's people listening to this world know some of them who work for the club and they do so with pride. Walking in those front doors every day um, is a proud, proud moment every single day walking into their work. So we're not trying to brandish everybody with the same brush here, this, this is a very small amount of people with a huge amount of power at Celtic Football Club um, but all if the they go power ahead... Power. All the power they've all got All the power, yep, absolutely but I think that once they make this decision and I feel it's inevitable, then they will see a backlash uh, unlike anything they could possibly imagine. I'm going to bring this one up because we spoke about uh, Lenny earlier on whose news Um Who reckons that we would have won the 10 by signing less high-profile signings? There was definitely a change in in tact when it came to the the signing policy last pre-season. But we know that um, the players that had been identified by Neil Lennon were Victor Wanyama, James McLean, Danny Drinkwater, Fraser Foster, Charlie Mulgrew and Robert Snodgrass. I mean, we will never know if that would have uh, done a better job for Celtic. But that is uh, what has come through over the last few months. There's another thing I would need to ask, and I'll come to you first again, Kevin. Director of football? Question mark. What director of football? That seems to be the attitude at the moment as well, going by the response yesterday.
5: See, I maybe don't buy 100% into that, Paul. Um I think when you saw the Postacoglu presser with the fans, he was saying that we have to improve the, the recruitment mm. and the scouting. And when he says recruitment, for me, that means bringing in somebody that's ahead of the recruitment department, which could be a sporting director or it could be somebody similar, to actually do that role. So even though the term sporting director is not really mentioned anymore, it's something that Postecoglou has for me says that they are looking at, but not a, it's just I don't know, it's semantics, it's job titles, ain't it? I mean, it is like a sporting director. You think of Bayern Munich and it's uh Rumaniger, it's, per- it's a big person, Ajax, it's a uh, the goalkeeper, what's his name, Van Dessau, uh, do you the think Strachan director, is a eh?
4: man, director. Do you think the strike is him a man? There's a wee bit of a, a backtracking on that, Ajax,
5: his role. Yeah. That's lazy enough, eh? Uh, it's Stratting mm. that they probably wanted it. It's, a, it's another uh, veto appointment by be Dermadesmond, be isn't it?
4: Yeah.
5: yeah. Uh, I would be I not mean, need to do the interviews. Gordon's already there. He's already willing to leave Dundee and come there. It. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like... And and there's no clash. There's no there's no personality clash, is it? Because Gordon fits in with the hierarchy. It's already there. He's oh, already he knows, been there. Yep. He backed him up, and I mean, you can what I mean. Uh, of course, it was trying, of course, it was trying. But who's going to come in now? Uh, probably somebody not as high profile, like your Anton McElhone or somebody like that, but somebody yeah. that has got a decent enough background, more than likely for the City Group.
4: That so, wouldn't surprise me. What What's your thoughts on the fact that uh, Peter Lowell might have been some way involved in the appointment of Ange Postacoglu through that City Group connection?
5: And doesn't it surprise me whatsoever, eh? <laughs> Even though I was surprised yesterday when 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 I was told that, it, it shouldn't have really surprised me. And I think I do think deep down I already knew that because of the fact that it was already a city group team. That there had to be a connection there. That Ange Poster was on our radar. The same mm-hmm. as Ronnie Dyler came onto our radar because somebody in the city group told us this guy's actually could actually do a job for you.
4: Yeah, and because of the fact that they want to get into either European football, in Angie's case, or into a a bigger league than he was already operating in, in Ronnie Dyla's case, uh, their demands will be lesser. Therefore, Ronnie Dyla comes in and works with everybody he's told to work with. Uh, You know, John Collins was given the job before Ronnie Dyla was given it. You know, his job was already secured before Ronnie comes in. Uh, And Spostacoglu comes in and has to work with those round about him now. We are looking ahead to this weekend. It's been a while since we've been at Hamden uh, for a football game. Anyway, at St Johnston, they're the cup holders, Tony. They're the cup holders. And um, we're going into that game. It's going to be an emotional day because obviously it's wrapped in um, the tribute to Bertie Old. And I was just reading this morning, there's going to be a couple of tributes by the Green Brigade for Bertie. And the club's tribute uh, or part of that will be that we'll wear the number 10 short. So before we get to the game, let's have a wee talk about the need for a permanent reminder and a permanent tribute to wee Bertie.
6: Well, you know my thoughts. The 10.30 tunnel. I said it on Monday,
4: right? I like how this is developing. It's now been named. <laughs> the, um, 30.
6: Wait, the 10.30. The tunnel, right?
4: And I spoke to... We a need a at... clock that never changes no. for 10.30 yeah. there as well. Yeah. There we go. Right. And
6: also, I spoke to a guy Amsterdam-Shamrack and we were having a weekend. And he said, aye. He said, Get like the 10.30 tunnel, welcome to paradise, but can they play? Like and, like, and this is Anfield. sign, right? Get those words right round the tunnel or somewhere in the tunnel. You know, I just think that'd be a brilliant tribute yeah. and a lasting tribute to Bertie. The 10.30 tunnel, welcome to paradise, but can they play? As they're headed out, there you go. There's your... There's your I love it. Make it. I love up. it. That's... Well, it's a no-brainer. It's got to
5: be done. Aye, you know. I love it as well, and you've even sold the marketing for the Celtic PR department. Get get your photo in the 10.30 tunnel underneath the sign for ten pound <laughs> 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 thirty. Like... For an extra 10.30. But for yeah, an extra 10.30 on 30 tour, yes. top of the tour, you can get your picture underneath <laughs> that. <laughs> you can get a the board. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I love the idea, Tony. I absolutely love it. Come on, it's like...
6: It's a, it's a gift for us, isn't it, really? Because as I said on Monday, two of his greatest anecdotes took place in a tunnel. Exactly. And, and the players, you know, and you could, and then as, as you're walking out, Blair the Celtic song, or Blair a version of Bertie singing the Celtic song. You know what I mean? Because he sang it a million times in his life. I mean, what more emotion do you need? What more would you want heading out to Celtic Park? You know what I mean? You don't, we not need any more motivation than that. And also, as well, it might actually give you a smile as you're walking out, yeah. You know, and players go out and enjoy themselves, and and they're playing that amphitheater, that magic arena. You know, I, I just think it's, I think
4: that's that's worth considering. Is it not? If you're if you're Celtic, don't let. Oh, well, you me... heard it, you heard it on Axon first with Tony Haggerty. I mean,
6: it's, us uh, you, this guy was he he embodied that team, didn't he? He was the spirit of that team.
4: He was. You know, you just felt like he was the eternal flame of that team, did not you? What I like about it is his actions in the tunnel have been described quite correctly as gallus. A brilliant Glaswegian term, yeah. gallus. And I think the Celtic Football Club at the moment lacks a bit of that gallus nature. And we're far too conservative, mm-hmm. uh, both in their behaviour and their politics as well, Kevin, at the very highest um, point of Celtic Football Club. So, yeah, let's um, let's bring it in, 100%. St Johnston. Any changes you'd make to the team, Kev? How do you see this one going? I've already predicted a one nothing narrow victory against this side.
5: It's funny, eh? Football throws up certain quirks that does make you believe that there's a higher power at work at times, eh? And, eh, the old thing that we've just mentioned, 52 years since since you scored the only goal against St Johnson in the League Cup final at Hamden, eh. so then the way my mind works, you start to think that it's set up for Celtics number 10 to score the winner, or score a goal in the 30th minute or something like that, but then, who is a number 10, is a number 10?
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.
2: Not just a media company. iHeart Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
5: Say so, yeah, yeah. a as not it It's a number 10, eh? So,
2: oh, you've just pulled that one,
5: Keith. I, no, I, so that's slim. <laughs> that, that's slim to actually, ha- something actually happen, Me, eh? You never know. I mean, international breaks are strange, especially the game straight out of the international breaks. The fitness of the players, both mentally and physically... Um, and Big Ange already says, his methodical. We'll have a look at the data when thinking about the team selection. But as I look to Saturday, Saturday night, two players are key for me. Um, Kyogo, I hope Kyogo's going to enjoy the wide-open spaces of Hamden. And again, a, a player that's been sort of overlooked, his contribution to us this season has been David Turnbull. Because, look, St. Johnson are con- going to come and sit in. And they're going to be like David Martindale-like and they're going to sit there and and sometimes you just need that dig for the box, dig for the edge of the box or a decent set play for your big centre half to go boof into the back of the net, eh? So I I think David Turnbull's going to be important in this game. Get an early goal, score first. An early goal Then we're in for a good night as spectators, I think, eh? If we didn't score early, then it's no big deal. We can. We have shown that we can grind out results, and if we lose, then that's just not. It's not written in the stars for Ange that we're going to win that League Cup. It's another step on the journey, but move on. But then, kind of going back to the Betty Alton, going back to the Barry Alton. Eh, like there was a quote this week that I, that, I, that I read eh, that he says that they used to train five days a week and get a day off to play football on a Saturday let's just go out and set it the night and just take that on board then. Just go out and win and entertain us. Eh? That's all I'm looking for.
4: Superb. So put £10.30 on, 10 pounds 30 on one nothing a jetty. Well done, Kev. <laughs> um, now, Tony, are you covering the game? Are you going to be at the game on the weekend, on Saturday?
6: No, I'm not. One of the other boys from the Celtic Way has got that privilege, Sean Martin. So if I'm not going, I'll
4: be on here, maybe. Possibly, I don't know. Good if, man. If, I, if selected. I hope to see you then, if so. Um, a couple of other wee things we need to run through. First and foremost, the great George Conley, one of my greatest Celtic icons. It will be at the penalty spot before the game on Saturday. The penalty spot is uh, it's in Sword Street in Glasgow and uh, some incredible Celtic memorabilia will be available. George is going in for a signing session. He doesn't often do signing sessions and he'll be there from one until three. Uh, I think it's three on Saturday. Uh, But he'll certainly be there. So get in there and get your jerseys and your books and prints and all that kind of stuff signed by the great George Conley. And whenever I think about George, I think about the Quality Street Gang. And always then look at what we've got now in terms of homegrown talent. Now, I'm not going to include Henderson in this because he's not really played this season. And I know we've got Robertson out on loan and he's not really played for Celtic this season. But if you look at the first team squad when all fit... We have Callum McGregor, of course, uh, James E. Forrest. Through any end that I might miss here. Tony Ralston, Stephen Welsh, Mikey Johnson. Dembele was in the plans. Bad injury means that he's he's out the plans at the moment. But he's part of the squad. Uh, Montgomery's played quite a few games. This is his breakthrough season, uh, even though he had uh, some game time last year. And, of course, Hazard, who has won a trophy, um, and it was part of the quadruple treble side as well. And I look at that and I think, well, you know, can Celtic, and I'm not comparing that group of players to the Quality Street kids or the Kelly kids or the Lisbon Lions or any other group of players who have come through at Celtic, but can that core group or can a core group uh, at Celtic Park come through and be the nucleus of a successful Celtic side? How much has changed? Can it still be done, Kev?
5: I think it can still be done, and I think uh, Ange Postecoglou over the last two weeks has uh, like he's gave Greg Taylor a long, longer term contract, and he's also gave Anthony Ralston uh, a longer term contract. So he knows the importance of uh, he knows the importance of, of of homegrown players and players that know the club. I mean Anthony Ralston. They, Tony and this piece for the Celtic way called him a Cinderella story. I'm mere a bully boots man myself, eh? so it's like he has been a he has been a bully boots story, eh? and it's a story about Anthony Ralston that we didn't know where or when or how it's going to finish. But we're now all fully invested in watching it how it'll go. I mean, he's got his reward, he's got a big contract, and it's always great to see one of our own like doing doing really well. And more importantly, he's done what the managers asked him to do, and he's doing what a lot of us didn't expect him to actually do. The manager backs him, and that says everything that we need to know. I mean, a few weeks back, I was a bit rude about him, he, he, like say that gave him a bit of a disservice by saying he was like a big lovable puppy that you wanted to do well. Uh, we heard him all doing as a substitute teacher, like with Yuranovich coming in and that. Hey, eh? but. Maybe we've just got to embrace it. He's a good footballer and we've just got to accept that. And he is going to be part of Celtic going forward.
6: I'll say four words, Kevin Tony Ralston, Scotland player. Mm. That says it all, really, doesn't it? The highest it does. The you can get. And yeah, I think everybody has been disparaging towards Tony Ralston. But getting back to what you said, that shows you what happens when you have the right manager at the helm of your club. Yeah. You've yeah. Some of that boy's fortunes around by. Placing one thing in him, faith, faith in his ability and getting the right answers. Looked him in the eyes and said, "Can you do me a job? Don't listen to that. Listen to me. I trust you. That's all you need." And he's done it. He's, I mean, I, I called it the, the Jedi mind trick the other day. Whatever Jedi mind trick I'm just playing with me is doing on the Celtic players, it's working. But it, and I'm being a bit flippant there. It's uh, man management. Not everybody has it. Not everybody can do it. Uh, Andy's clearly got it in abundance. It does, he does, Tony. He has the Celtic players, you know, dancing to the beat of his drum. And long may it continue because you just see that even, you know, the nucleus of Scottish players, you could turn them into something pretty special with a yeah. guy like that at the helm. You know, he doesn't need to work on Kyogo and, you know, Tom Roger because these guys are just naturally gifted footballers but that's when your management skills come in, when you're working with the likes of Tony Ralston, making David Turnbull better, Brendan Rodgers did it with James Forrest, you know, that kind of thing. That's when you turn around and say, you have got a manager with a wee bit of clout here, somebody that knows what they're doing, somebody that knows the game, and it goes well for your club.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Now, Lawrence comes in to confirm it is 1-3 on Saturday to see the great. Josh Conley, now, the point that you make there in relation to Tony Ralston, I mean, I think we've got to remember, I suppose the call who came in, and this isn't being disparaging to anyone, and thought that he could he could make Barcast a Celtic player. He actually, you know, there was signs there that he was going to run with barcast and then obviously the, the massive issue against Michelin showed, or maybe attitudinal behind-the-scenes issues that we're unaware of, has shown that he was never going to be the goalie.
6: I wouldn't blame Ange on that. I'd blame barcast the player, because Ange gave him every opportunity 100%. to... Aye. He stay. believed he could actually get a player out of Barkas. Yeah, he, he believed in Barkas. Yeah, Barkas maybe didn't believe in himself, mm-hmm. and he placed the same faith in Barkas, the same faith that he placed in Ralston. Ralston stepped up to the plate. Barkas folded. Some players just can't handle that pressure, you yeah. know. And uh, he gave him every opportunity to be the Celtic number one goalkeeper, and he failed uh, miserably.
5: I, I think Barkas knows knows himself that he's went for a Chinese and ended up in a chip. Eh? And he just wants, he just wants to go somewhere else. Eh? And even though, even though Postacoglu gave him the chance, he just and He gave him
4: the chance as well. Um, After mentioned Ayeti oh. gave him a chance, um, got him, got him slimmed that. down. Yeah. He scored against Betis away. Let's not forget, you know, he scored a few yeah. goals. Um, but the other player and the one that slight regret that I've got is Christy. I think we've seen enough nice. in his early performances under Ange that Christie suited. Ange Postacoglu's team. And I thought, you know, this season could have been massive for Ryan Christie, but perhaps he'd already checked out Tony. Perhaps his agent had already started uh, the wheels kind of uh, rolling.
6: I think there was two things there. I think out of respect for Angie, played as well as he could right up till mm-hmm. he left. And he gave Angie that, he gave Angie's due on that. And I think it was maybe a close run thing. But I think as you see, he checked out and his mind made up that he wanted to leave. And he wasn't willing to stick around to see what was going to happen under Angie's revolution, for want of a better word. You know, and I think Ange maybe thought, I just got a hold of you too late. I came in too late to, to change your mind. And you leave with, you know, the best wishes. But Christy would have been some player under Ange. He mm-hmm. was shown it. You know, he was shown it. And again, going back to that man management, he, he just wasn't willing. No, you've got to be willing to to stay at a club and be happy in Christie's eyes, where else we are, maybe where the money can get. It shows you when he signed for Bournemouth, doesn't it? Mm. That he wanted out the door. Yeah. Know? I could accept it at Crystal Palace or something like that, with Edward, you know, a Brentford up and coming, uh, with we I can accept all that, but Bournemouth was a kind of, he was, he, his mind was made up, he was going down south regardless. Get
5: down I, south, Kev. I, I think as well, Tony. I, I, I can't say that the what he says about Ange after he left. He says I wished I could have stayed there to work under him for longer. I didn't see that as a hollow platitude. I actually thought that was a play. I actually yeah. thought I was glad who wanted to wanted to work under this man, but yeah. his and opportunity. I, I, yeah, but, but his opportunity to go to England had just come along, yeah. and that that and in. Like I yeah. watched him first. I watched it. For, I watched them for Scotland the other night, as you say, Paul. when Alan Morrison will back us up. He starts sure he would have fitted perfectly in the in the midfield for Celtic.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's my only regret at the moment. Um, but again, what I'm going to take from that is uh, once we get them fit, and I do think we can get them fit. I also I'm going to stick to it I still think that James McCarthy will be the dark horse of that transfer window I think he's going to be a player under Ange Postacoglu I think he can work his magic with James McCarthy before we go we've been talking about um, the great Australian Ange Postacoglu. Um well you will have noticed this morning we have announced that down uh, Under are our, our first pod to get signed up for the big charity weekender it's going to go ahead on the 4th and the 5th of December Over that weekend, we will be producing 24 hours of content. Now, uh, obviously, we did it last year. It was a massive success at a time of year where people, listen, people need help all year round, but at Christmas, it sometimes brings it to the fore, doesn't it? That time of year, uh, we were able to raise a lot of money for some very, very needy, needy causes. And we'll be doing again the same at Christmas time this year, the 4th and 5th of December. Get yourself on the YouTube channel. Get subscribed to that have got some very exciting guests We've got some collaborations with other their podcasts We've got some live stuff Hopefully we'll have a Scream of Selica episode Thrown in there as well from Kevin Graham He's got a few really good guests lined up And it's a weekend They Basically going right back to the roots of the club And saying you know what let's raise some money for underprivileged people, people who are vulnerable within our communities and within society and get that money to run for Christmas. So, you know, kids who might not have woke up to something on Christmas morning, we can make that difference and we've done it last year as a, as a collective. So we'll be doing it again. So loads of more announcements coming up in the next week or so but who's going to be involved and I'm looking really forward to that as well, Kevin, uh, even though Somebody described, I can't even say it, I can't actually say it, it was something that I, it was a quote from um, um, Carter, Get Carter, about my eyeballs looking like something. But that's what I looked like on our 24 last year, Kev. But it was all for a good cause, wasn't it?
5: Definitely. And raised for for everybody raised for charity over that weekend was great and we'll have to remember it was Scottish Cup final weekend as well on the 20th of December, well was it the 20th of, 19th of December, whatever it was eh? so it's a wee bit earlier this year but it's fantastic that Celts down under have already jumped they came on board and we'll, we'll, it's the Celtic family once again will actually back us uh, that day for 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 the weekend, and we've got some great things planned, and we've also got a game at Tannadice. Eh? We, we go we'll have the live match day from Dundee United v Celtic uh, on Tannadice on that Sunday. But it's again, it's getting to that time of year when you when you have a look at families that uh, that need our help, um, and um, the Celtic support always stay up because we were born in charity. That's mm-hmm. what we are, and that that is what is so close to our hearts.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and whatever we race will be a result because it will it will help somebody out there, and that's that's the most important thing. Tony, I hope you can join me um, for the St. Johnston game. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at twelve thirty, where Tony will be joined by his cohorts Jim Moore and Laura Bradburn for another mm-hmm. axon Bulletin. And thanks everybody for getting involved today um, on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitch hopefully we'll be back on Twitter soon Um, and join us again tomorrow thank you Kevin Graham and Tony Haggerty for joining me again on a Celtic State of Mind
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family